263. Yo, what up, what up? How you doing? Welcome to Nine and the other guys and figuring out adulthood in 30 or so minutes. But we all know that is quite a bit of an untruth because sometimes life is a whole lot of things and you really can't figure them out in 30 or so minutes. Um, and you know, it is what it is. But you know what? Welcome to the show and thank you so much for listening. I am super happy that you guys are all here. I'm together with my friends. Um, first before I introduce them, I want to say a big shout out to Big Sipo, big shout out to Keith. Uh, and you guys know your names. You guys know who you are. Because there are many kids in the world, but there's one I'm specifically mentioning right now. A big shout out to uh, Ru. Ru says, <laughs> hang in there. A uh, big shout out to, it's one person I want to give a big shout out to that I haven't. Yusuf. A homie of mine called Yusuf says my accent has changed. And, and I think you're saying my accent, your accent, accent, no, your accent hasn't changed. You're saying I'm my sorry, accent, he probably means my accent is more Africanized. And I'm like, yeah, no, I, I changed my accent so that you guys could hear me, but you ain't even peeped that. <laughs> um, so one person I'm missing, I'll, I'll, rem- I'll remember them. I'll remember them as the show goes on. Uh, Taku, yes. A big shout out to Taku. A shout out to you, bro. Um, really good to know you still listen. Anyway, um, with three of my friends, Nyasha, Miriam, Mark, let me say what up to Nyasha. <laughs> Hi. How you doing? What it do? You did not post I'm anything. Great on that. You didn't post anything you made today. So, what cool thing did you make today, food wise? I actually haven't been posting much. I don't know. Even I, just in general, I just haven't been in a very posty kind of space. Okay. So even cooking, I'm not cooking that much. I'm trying to avoid cooking because like cooking is such a such a such a personal thing. Okay. If your feels are not in it, you will cook cack. Okay, I feel you. Uh, there's cooking K A K, but you know what? Like you are traveling, and I can hear like jiggling, jiggling drums in the bag. <laughs> I apologize. Can you just park two seconds? Let me actually let me move it. Okay, great. While she moves and parks her stuff, uh, let me talk to Miriam. Good day. How are you? Hey, Anai. What's up? What's up? I almost say good morning, but it's cool. <laughs> good morning still works. It still works. All I right. just opened my eyes, so it still works. Miriam, <laughs> you had a, you are a person who's very interested in doing uh, making puns, right? Like you're a wordsmith like that. But I saw you not posting anything about the don't leave me challenge. Why? Because I felt like I this did. was the challenge for you. Like I felt like you kind of thought like it was. He did. He did. What? I actually we're, did. We're, this one paying attention. We're not paying attention. But I would jump. <laughs> okay, fine. It's my bad. But how you been? I, did, I, I remember I actually posted. I actually posted on the Wednesday or Thursday, like mm-hmm. one or two, and I was like, you know what? On Friday is probably just gonna be the don't leave me challenge. Okay. And then on the Friday, I did put like about five or so don't leave me. Um Thingies. Obviously, I had to sift them as I do with my pun Fridays. I don't mm-hmm. just put any random puns on my status because, you know, quality, quality control. Yeah, no. why, don't, why, don't, why don't you tell everyone about what pun Friday is, those who don't know? <laughs> okay, so pun Friday is something I started, I think now it's almost like three years ago, hey? Um, so every Friday, I put up a collection of puns that I would have collected during the week that make me like really laugh and Normally, they're not like boring dad puns. Okay, yeah, some of them are, but some of them are also like really interesting and intellectual puns as well. So I do that every Friday just to make the people who see my status laugh and also to make myself laugh because, yeah, it's just, you know, life is too serious sometimes. Sometimes you just need a bit of relief, you know? 
I feel you. I feel you. And well, shout out to you. Yeah. And okay, I guess I was the one who was wrong, so I wasn't paying attention. Uh, Mark <laughs> is a person who I was not paying attention to all week. Uh, he's actually on this episode as a substitute. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to be honest with you, Mark. You stand in. I should be the only. Wow. <laughs> no, let, let me tell you why I, I'm trying to point that out. Jerry was supposed to join us today. And I felt bad because Mark was the first people to say, Oh, no, this, this is something we should talk about early in the week and then we're going to talk about it. So I kind of felt bad, like, but I really want Mark to be there. And then so Jerry kind of like clocked out easy because I think he's <laughs> either. <laughs> Is that a very, very drunk or... So very... that's an other, bruh. No, no, you're a straight. Don't forget your position, bruh. Hey! <laughs> oh, oh. Do you know what? After all these years, what I would have thought by now, Mark, Mark would have been elevated to like actual noogie oh, stature because he has been, he has been a sort of noogie, this, right? This, is he in the WhatsApp group? Hey. He's in the WhatsApp group. Huh? Huh? Damn. Plus, he tried to take Jerry away from me. So you see, the, Listen, take, take that. Mary. Oh, Mary. I see. Yeah, yes. Yeah, do, sure. you, do you have the Mark's number? Yes, I actually do. So does Onai. Yeah, so you can you can add him in the group. Onai evidently is, is failing at his job. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make myself the only admin in the group real quick. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you have learned from the literally the Like, why? So, guys, guys, right now, Ona is behaving like a certain president from a certain country who wants to change the constitution. <laughs> I will not say <laughs> Mark is clearly doing okay. Um, <laughs> but you good, Mark? How are you? <laughs> I'm good, man. Uh, yeah, oh just gosh. keeping warm. I hope everyone is keeping warm. Now we're staying good. away from Corona. Nyasha's yeah. getting some kissed, which is really cool. Okay. Um, now to start the show, I just wanted to to do a couple yeah. of things uh to to get them out of our system because we've got a, a kind of a crazy show to to get through to today. Uh, has anyone seen? You know, there was this tweet tweet I saw that like ah Zimbabwe is one of those places that shows you there's a level below rock bottom. Right, someone said, like, oh, there's a basement, someone said, there's a cellar, and we kind of ended there. I'm like, nah, now something happened in our country that just showed us that there's a cellar below the cellar, like there's a basement yep. under the basement of our country. And I feel like anything at this point in Zimbabwe is possible. Like, I feel like in Zimbabwe, you can literally have the government saying, We are no longer allowing you to breathe air anymore. Just we, we, we don't know how we're gonna stop it, but we're gonna stop you from breathing air because. Because they have corrupt people who are breathing you know, air in our country. So because they're breathing in our country, we want to sift out all the corrupt people. So all y'all got to get it. <laughs> do you know, I, I, I used to think that at some point the government would surprise us with like just waking up one day and saying, you know, this is what we're going to do today. So y'all better live with it up until mm. Friday. And I was just blindsided like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, how do you even just do that? Who wants, to, who, wants to bre- who wants to break down what the government did uh, in a really quick like minute? Anyone? Me? Okay, fine. I'll, I'll do it. Um, so for everyone who doesn't understand, Zimbabwe has got a very crazy money crisis. So you basically can't really get cash. Uh, it's, it's, we're not liquid. We don't basically, we really actually don't even have a currency, to be quite honest. We don't really have a currency, right? Like we don't even, like, yeah, we don't have a currency. So one of the things that made life easier is this mobile uh, payment system called EcoCash. In fact, all mobile pay, all like 
telecommunication services have got a mobile payment system. So you can transact, you can buy, you can do, 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 do. And this, I, I saw figures to say like basically about 7 million people use mobile. They have got an, an account and a, a, a great bulk of the online transactions that are done are done over these mobile payment systems. And because some, there's speculation by uh, the government that they are, these systems are not regulated by RBZ, which is the Reserve Bank of Zimbabwe, um, that, and there are corrupt people creating money, which is fake. So we're going to shut everything down, which basically shuts the whole country down. And there's a back and forth. So the, the thing is, just imagine if someone said, if you live in a country that's not Zimbabwe, someone said like PayPal isn't working anymore. Like it's mobile, just online payments not working anymore for a specific thing. That's where we are. But it seems like the, the telecommunications company says, But not clear. even online payments, though. Mm. But not even online payments, though. Like, um, I think in Kenya, they've got M-Pesa, yep. which is basically what we have here, which is EcoCash. So it's not necessarily online because it's uh, EcoCash is, is like most of the people use EcoCash, don't have bank accounts, right? Mm-hmm. EcoCash is a means of including people who don't have formal sort of bank accounts because it's mobile based and you don't really need much to open an account, which is on your phone. So yeah, they just no. decided, you know what? Yeah. So yeah. No, no. I just, I just trying to basically explain to like countries where there's online payments, like the, the severity of the issue is that like, imagine oh, if someone yeah. removed yeah. that, like, so it's crazy. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, an interesting tweet I saw said, you know, it's been the weekend. We have to go to the week next week. And I, I, I'm just waiting for the drama to unfold. Uh, any quick comments on that, Nyashal, Mark? Anyone? Yeah. The funny thing is they did Pardon the same me? thing in 2008. <laughs> Like they 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 banned uh, bank-to-bank transfer, you know, for the same reason to say it's fueling uh, the black market and all of that. Been they done that? It's not anything new. We guess we're just gonna go back to the old thing. Nyasha, you you seem like you had something you want to say about that as well. Uh, yes, I I really just think that they need to decide what on on a on a on a. I want to say trajectory, right? That, that, that's proper English, right? Who cares? And then, and then stick to it. <laughs> and then stick to it effectively. Because what's happening now is that there's so much miscommunication. And one day you're saying this and then EcoCash, uh, Econet slash EcoCash was like, mm-hmm. no, that's not what we said. And then tomorrow they're like, ah, but yes, actually what they said is true. So... It just they need to first discuss amongst themselves as heads and then come at us when they have made a proper decision. And then the next day they're like, Yeah, it's still working, but then like merchants you know I mean? can't make transactions. Like just, the normal person can it's just yeah. Yeah. That's my two cents. That is absolutely nuts. Well, do you know what? Your two cents probably doesn't count for anything in Zimbabwe because it like, <laughs> you're, you're, since a, a lot of people are taking certain, you know, denominations yeah, of money. Yeah, and, yeah. and I actually saw somewhere where someone was saying uh, people are not actually charging premiums for EcoCash. So someone wanted to buy an item for like 1300 And because he was paying an EcoCash, they're like, nah, this is now 1600 because you're paying an EcoCash. And it's like, but it's like, yeah, but EcoCash these days is, you know, they like issues with it. It's just crazy, you know, from, from, from the confusion that comes from like the government and people who 
make these statements and stuff, it then creates a whole, you know how they call banana republic? Like people just do what seems to, to fit well for whatever they're doing. So it just creates a whole chaotic system of things. So, yeah. All together. Like yesterday, oh, yeah, yeah. there were stories that certain retailers had stopped taking EcoCash altogether. They were only taking cash and, uh, and, and, and your, your swiping card. You know, mm-hmm. that's because it, it had become so expensive to access the money from eco cash, so rather just not take it. Whose side are you on, though? Are you, I do you guys feel like I'm both of them need to I'm sort themselves the out? The people, uh, I'm on the, the side of the people, yeah. The thing is, eco cash is also profiteering from this thing. If you look at it, uh, they know that their agents are charging a premium to get, to get cash whenever they check out. But yeah, but it's not anything. That's not the. Sorry. Okay. I'll keep quiet. It's up to us to do the regulation, but it's up to the government to do the regulation. So, yeah, I mean, it's at the end of the day, it's us the the consumers who lose out because at every turn now I have to you know fork out more to 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 get cash or just to find a way to live by on a day to day basis if you need cash. Well, another crazy day in Zimbabwe, guys. Um, so when they say we're strong, resilient people, it's it's not by ah. choice. It's not by choice. Strong, it's- resilient. You know, some and some of us have a bank that sometimes decides it doesn't want to work when it comes to swipe cards. <laughs> 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 like one day, one day you wake up and you go wherever you're going, you try to swipe, and they're like the system is down, Thanks and down. then like eco cash, but eco cash, yeah, sure, you know, some people are taking it, like. Bruh, can we? <laughs> we? We just need a break. We need a. We just need a break as Zimbabweans. We just like sometimes I feel like if only we could just get like ten years of no corruption, just systems that work well. Just 10. Just, just, just give us 10. No, do you know what? I, I wish we could have like first world problems, okay? Can yeah. we have nice people problems where we complain about, you know, some government official going to some resort during coronavirus? Like, where, where that's like the problem that's that we have as a country. Yeah, you we, know, we, technically speaking, technically speaking, we also have those problems. So I don't know what you're saying. No, but, but you know, okay, I'm, I'm saying, with it, like, you know, as that with... being the main problem, yeah. you know. Today, um, the selection of the people on the podcast is actually because we we have got an adaptation of a first like a, a first world problem which we have back home. Um, now I don't know if these guys will be happy about this, but I am just going to put it out there because we're very transparent, and sometimes I take local parentis of the transparency of this podcast. Uh, Nyasha and Miriam are two of my friends who learned at private schools, bougie schools. You know, they lent at the schools that we didn't like going to because we would be afraid that if we approached a girl there, they would, the girl would be like, no, I don't do black. And she'll be like, blackity black. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, and, and I remember back in high school, our, our, our punchline back would be, well, I don't, I can't even say that anymore because now in this, you know what I'm going to say? In, 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 <laughs> no, like, because our response every time we would be preparing to go to a private school and the girl would say, I don't do black, we would be like, nah, and I don't do guys either. Like, that was. That what does that mean? What? That, what? That, like, you would, like, it, you know how it's a diss when you say a girl looks like a guy? Well, it was back in the day. 
Oh. So that was like our comeback. Clearly, it wasn't such a great punchline back, but well, I'm glad I never it had. Was hate, no, no, because we, you know, private school kids used to act, you know, but we're going to talk about it. So now one of the things that the one thing I want to talk about today is, um, of course, with the Black Lives Matter movement going on in the United States of America, it has kind of sprung different conversations around race all over the world, like in and race relations <clears throat> in the ways that we kind of deal with them like in our different spaces and Zimbabwe was not spared with that besides that crazy not crazy besides that woman who released a song say like George Floyd our brother Miriam Black Blackfellow she actually released another one I think that one there was a song that she actually released I'm not sure if it was before or after the George Floyd one coronavirus yes the yeah the coronavirus after one it was after oh she was great yeah coronavirus is giving people time to explore their extra talents and <laughs> that's great. And what are yours, Mark? <laughs> what are your extra talents? <laughs> Mark. Yes, Miri. Ah, it's it's Nyasha asking, bruh. Hans, what are your talents that you explore during during uh lockdown? During lockdown. Ah, <laughs> she's gonna have strong arms when he gets out of the lockdown. Oh, Mark, was <laughs> <laughs> you? I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but I okay. Know bata bata also, he's exercising his, his arms and hands and stuff. So, yo, oh, whatever it is that you're doing, hey. yeah, like you, you're like lifting weights and you know, buffing up and stuff. So it's really cool, uh, you know, just, just doing my push up the 25. This 25 what? This no, 25 up. challenge, 25 push up challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, guys, now before we start our issue, I would like to plug in something. So this is way after the show is done. Um, I had asked uh, a couple of our listeners to share their experiences about the issue we're going to talk about. And what one of our listeners, uh, she, and because you're going to find out the issue we're talking about, is about racism in private schools. So um, I asked her to just tell us about her, ex- her experience Um in two different private schools, both in Zimbabwe and outside the country, because she learned at two different private schools. And this is what she said. So racism in private in private schools in Zim, I don't think it was a thing, personally. It was never a thing. Yes, you'd see during break, for example, there'd be clusters of students based on race sometimes, Not always, though, because you could find a group with both black and white kids. But I think what truly separated students when I was in a private school in Zim, and even outside of Zim, actually, was just how rich the student is. If you're coming from a rich family, you're treated in a certain way. And if you're not, you're treated as an outsider, even. Um, Because the general feel of our private schools is that it's for rich kids. And if you come in with your parents only just affording to pay your school fees and not affording to buy you the expensive phones and expensive things, you're a bit othered. You you get treated as an outsider and you're treated in in some type of way. But uh, I will say that in the private school, I wasn't in Zim. The school, the system of the school really tried to make the students 
to not separate students by race. They would go to the extent of making sure that in alternating years, they alternate the race of the head girl so that no one can ever say, oh, we've had a run of just white head girls or we've had a run of just black head girls. They try to be super sensitive about that. And even with the students, I felt like we were not dividing ourselves by race. Um, outside of Zim, it was now a whole different ballgame because there was still the issue of whether you come from a rich family or not. But there was a big divide between the locals of the country and the foreign students of the country. Um, that was the, the main divide that was there, uh, which was a bit problematic. And because of that, I never got to feel like I was being treated any type of way because of my race. I've just been a black girl in those spaces but really once the students have like broken you down to see which, are you coming from a rich family or not that's when they start to treat you in a certain way and even the system of the school I think is built to is, is built to make students feel that way because there'll be events or school trips that will cost a lot of money that some students who can't afford would have to miss out on, you know. So the entire system kind of makes students see each other in that way. If you're if you're from a poor family, you're not part really part of the school. Um, so yeah, that's that's my main issue. Race was never a thing for me. So there were these um, anonymous accounts that sprang up on Instagram and all of them have like, uh, they usually conventionally go black at, and then you put a private school's name. So like black at Petra, black at girls college, black at Peter house. And all these are private schools that I'm just randomly naming on these uh, Instagram accounts. You had people, uh, I guess people and former school goers of those schools would anonymously post and these posts would come out and you had some of the most horrific experiences explained about how people went through, um, well, how people faced racism at these private schools. And just so you know, most of these private schools have got a lot of white people who go there, or at least they were founded by lots of white people, right? Um, or something like that, or their principles, or the way in which they do things. You know, you can kind of feel the whiteness in it. And you've got lots of rich people who go to those schools. I don't know if you guys saw any... Any posts which kind of stood out to you guys from from this whole uh, from the past two weeks in those accounts? Um, on on the ones that I saw, because I remember seeing uh, Black at Hellenic, Black at Chizzy, and where else? Yeah, I forgot. Anyway, but a lot of them, like you know, when you're like, there's a problem, but you don't realize how deep the problem is. Mm. Um, I remember reading one uh, for Black at Petra. This she says she's a mixed race girl, and um, she wanted to. She was new at the school, and she wanted to register for basketball or something. And then one of the white teachers approached her and was like listen, you are mixed race, so you've got a, a choice to choose between the good side and the bad side, kind of, you know? So, you know, I don't think you should go for basketball because, you know, that's a black sport. I think mm. you should would rather go for, like, hockey or um, whatever other winter sport they had at that time. And, you know, it was, it was for me, it was very... Okay, it was like, wow, this is this is a real thing. It's it's really deep. 
because um, growing up, it wasn't not maybe I had blinkers, maybe I couldn't really see because at my school it wasn't that bad, like, mm. or or maybe we didn't experience it outright. Uh, I guess probably must have been subliminal, subliminal. But when I saw that uh, confession on that page, I was like, "Damn, this is that's crazy. <laughs> that's just insane," you know. I don't know. Yeah. Nyashid, have you seen any black at your former school? Um, I actually haven't. I was actually about to, I was opening my Instagram. So I check if there's a black at convent mm. because personally, when I was there, um, I don't recall experiencing any. Okay. There's a black at convent Bulawayo, Bulawayo. but not Harare. Sorry, Blawayo. And just yesterday, I was telling someone that Onai always shouts at me for mispronouncing it. Yes. Um, but, but I've never, I've never experienced it or seen it happen in in person because we had such a, like the sisters were so strict with everyone. Because what I've noticed with a lot of the black ad posts is either sports related or mm-hmm. it's Hair, hair, related. hair mm. yes. Mm. Of which hair for everyone at convent, if you the standards were the same, whether it's the color of your scrunchies, you couldn't just suddenly come back and be like, oh no, my hair is now a different color. If you're a white, you just it just wasn't a thing. Okay. Um, I'd like to ask Mark because I don't know Mark. You never did go to a private school, and when you were growing up uh, in Blawayo and blah, 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 and you were watching how you were treated. How do you feel like people from private schools treated you? And how did, what was your perception of private schools, especially being like a student who wasn't at a private school? Okay. So, so I was talking to my brother about it in the morning. So I had a brother, I went to Petra mm-hmm. uh, for his level. And I also had a friend as well, went to Petra at his level. And so I was talking to my brother this morning and I sent him one of the posts about it. And he said, oh yeah, definitely. Uh, we were, so I asked him, were you ever racially profiled? He said, yes, definitely. But the funny thing is that profiling came mainly from black teachers and mm-hmm. not the white teachers, you know? And, and that's when he just started talking about it. And he said that they used to refer to these Black teachers is Uncle Ruckers. I don't know if you watch Boondocks. Mm. Uh, the character called Uncle Ruckers, who's, who's black but poor white. So they just refer to these teachers as, as an Uncle Ruckers, you know, just to say they are trying to be like, you know, poor white and whatnot. But yeah, uh, it definitely felt it because for someone who learned at Milton, I learned at Milton, uh, the closest, our closest private schools were like, Girls, uh, girls College, Convent, uh, Petra, CBC, and Falcon. And you, you definitely saw it when you interacted with these people or when the different schools came together to interact. You find that girls, college, girls from Girls College and Convent would mainly talk to guys from Falcon, CBC, or Petra. Mm. Whereas, as the government school kids then spoke to other government school girls, like for example, Evelyn and Townsend, mm. right? So you you definitely felt some type of way, but you just went like, yeah, whatever. Let me just you know forget about it and just have fun. 
But when you then look at it, you know, now, and even coming from that tweet I sent you, mm. you know, whereby that girl was saying, uh, private school kids should, should apologize for, 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 for that, you know, uh, suppression to say they thought they were better than us. And we all felt it at some point in time. I don't think if you're someone who ever attended these socials, either from private school or, or a government school, you were not, you know, you're not a victim. You were a victim in one way or another. And I remember even after putting that tweet as well on my status, a couple of people then came into my DMs to say, oh, yeah, definitely. I felt it when, when I went to such and such a place. I felt it when I went to such a place. Uh, some people even saying, I started hating learning at a private school because whenever I met kids from government schools, they would uh, look at me differently and they would treat me differently because I'm from a private school. So either way, everyone was affected, either government or private, but I guess it's, it's different how we are, we are affected by the whole thing. You, you, you know, me. Oh, okay. Sorry. Do you know one thing that I noticed and that I'm thinking about now is how uh, at the time when I was at school, something that I did notice about, you know, um, the whole black thing, black, white thing at schools and private schools is like how standards, high standards were synonymous with the number of white people that were at your school. Mm. Right. There was a point in time, there was a point in time when, um, I was in school and, and I think it was like 2004, 2005, 2006, where a lot of white people decided to, to leave uh, the school. Um, and it was like, and, and the more white people left, the more people who were within the school and even who were not at the school, who attended other schools, the more they would say the standards at the school are dropping. And it's like, okay, but we've been doing the same thing generally for the longest time but what what is this element that's making our so-called standards drop and then when you really think about it it's okay no wait the white people are leaving (laughs) so basically that's that's where the the standard thing is coming from you know and so sorry sorry. yeah so it's 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 one of those things that um you know, as, as time goes on, as time um, elapses and stuff, we should then start thinking, but why is it that we associate those standards with white people? Why can't black, um, why can't schools, private schools with um, a majority of black people also have higher standards? Should it be equated with whiteness? You can go on, Yasha. <laughs> um, so for, for us, by the time that I got to convent, right, um, we didn't have as many white people already. Uh, I think we had two years that we had before. Yeah, we had like two years where we had white girls in the top four. Then, then afterwards, now it's not just about not having white people in the school because the standards were sort of the same. But now what was happening is, for, forgive me, but North of Samora, South of Samora situation. Mm. They were now taking in people south of Samora as well. I mean, being in town, schools tend to, I don't know if, if high schools also do that zoning thing where like primary schools do. Where if you don't, if you live within a certain radius, then you can be accepted to the school. So convent is in a very central kind of space where either or 
can 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 attend. So the reason that I think what was happening is that the white teachers were leaving. So our racism, our racist uh, quote unquote preferentialness was more to do with the teachers than the students themselves when it comes to standards. Because I find that white teachers tend to do it more for the calling than it is for the money. Uh, Thus, when they teach, they teach more effectively than black teachers. And they might have a better understanding of what it is that you're teaching. Um, I hope that makes sense. That's a so, that, that's a very bold have, statement. Yeah, it is. That's a very bold statement. I want us to, to kind of uh, get to the crooks, crooks of it, like from that statement, because that statement says a lot. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll attack it later. We'll, we'll turn. Yeah, and, I, and I don't think I'm going to change my statement when I say that black teachers tend to do it because they didn't want to do nursing and they couldn't do anything else. And so this is where I am. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I don't think no I don't think it's necessarily money related. I think anyone can have a passion whether they're black or white. Um Yes, but I'm know? saying the majority of them, the majority of them, if you look at white teachers, majority of them are more passion driven than they than the black than their black counterparts. Okay, I've got a I've got a I've got a sort of case study from a private okay. school I know, right? There are two teachers in one grade. There's a white young teacher, uh, probably 20, 30, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a black teacher who's been there, um, probably 20, 40s, 50s, right? Mm. And uh, the one time they wrote exams and that, I think was second term exams or third term exams, the results that came from the white teacher's class were so poor Mm. that they sort of had to rewrite, had to make the class rewrite the exams. Mm. And the results that came from the black teacher's class were actually really good, you know? So the the methods, the teaching methods of the white teacher, in as much as they were interactive and interesting and, you know, the results didn't come out, you know? And both of these, though both of these teachers have the passion for teaching, but what results are coming out. And there's often that um, sort of difference in, I think even between private schools and government schools, there's always that comparison with, okay, you guys go to a bougie school, um, everything's fancy and whatnot. But in terms of the results at the end of the day, um, you know, grade seven results, you hear there are four points at, um, I'm trying to remember which school has the highest, you know, at, at, and it'll be a government school or a mission school. Whereas at the private school, kids will come up with like 15 points and 16 points, or whatever. And there's all, often that, you know, that sort of discrepancy in terms of, <laughs> okay, Yasha, oh, I'm almost done. <laughs> there's, there's often that discrepancy. So fight, fight, I, I'm, fight. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling with the passion thing because I feel like. Me too. Uh, but, but passion, I feel like. Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling with that because, I, I because like, people have passion. And I'm sure they wouldn't just apply for it. Okay, I lie. <laughs> Take that back. I, I was going to say they wouldn't just apply for a job if they don't have passion for it. But I, I feel like if they're in a position to change people's lives, um, whether they're black or white, um, the end, at the end of the day, the results are what counts. Yes, yes, yeah, sure. I, I'm with you. I am with you 101%. 
But I will also say to you, is it also, I have issues with the entire education system. The education system, be it Zimsic, be it Cambridge, teaches people to regurgitate information. Now, Mm -hmm. if kids who are at a disadvantage, right, um, are then forced to just regurgitate information without a proper understanding, which, hey, I'm saying some very bad things today. (laughs) (laughs) Go on. (laughs) Um, I just feel like sometimes if you can gain more understanding than an ability to repeat information and then you not necessarily fail, but you don't do as well as a person who's just bringing out facts as they're supposed to be without understanding what they're saying. Are you really at the same level of education? You, you know what? Let, let me say this. Uh, I think I hear what Nyasha is trying to say. So if, 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 I'm, if, if I could kind of bring out my objective kind of opinion on this, I'd say you obviously see a pattern in people who are raised in schooling systems that are more westernized, uh, more even schools that are more white, that the teachers have got a more... That they're a little more versatile in terms of... They have a more current... They've they've got a... I will say they've got more... They do have passion. Like the white teachers do have passion just as much as the black teachers. But I feel like our systems in Zimbabwe, like especially post-colonially, the teachers' colleges right now, they do not really measure out all the other things outside the academia part of schooling, which mm. which I feel like is very strong in supportive systems that are like private schools where sport can be a thing, art can be a thing, theater, like, you know, all these different things. This is why I feel like even black teachers at private schools, our friends who are black teachers at private schools were absolutely amazing at the job that they do. They are passionate about teaching and they've gone to school for it. But you'll also find there's a certain thing about them and where they've learned the holistic approach of being a teacher, right? Which is compared to sometimes I feel like, you know, our black systems comes from our parents. Our parents don't support the arts as much as I think some white parents do or rich people do. And it obviously Which comes happens out... happens in, in private schools, though, you'll, you'll find more black parents supporting the arts and the such, creating a holistic person as yeah, opposed to... But, but, but I will disagree with Nyasha. Like, I think her generalization might be a little bit inaccurate and a little unfair towards black teachers. Though I think I do understand where sentiment comes from. She says, she's basically mm-hmm. saying like, you know, our black teachers are this, this, that. But I, I, I don't totally agree. But that's kind of digressing from the conversation. I want us to bring, I want us to bring it back to this. Yeah. There's, two, there's two questions I'd like to ask. And I saw... Mark Holmes and I posted this, this beautiful post 2019 when there was the extreme reading challenge and there was the Falcon boy sitting on a tree Ooh, reading a book. And then, like, and then the <laughs> other kids were like dressed as like, you know, uh, the indigenous well, like warriors, Shaka Zulu, Shaka Zulu yeah. warriors. Yeah. And it just kind of looked like, okay, so this, there were so many, like there was a lot that could have been taken from that conversation. And there's two questions that she asked that I feel like are very important that I posted in the group. It's like, First of all, have private school systems done enough to dismantle colonial legacies, right? And the second is, do private schools in Zimbabwe encourage culture? Uh, do, do they encourage a culture of Eurocentricism and whiteness? And I think that's a yes or a no question. And it's yes or no yes. answer. And, uh, I feel like they, they, it's a gray area. I think it is a gray area. You can't, you can't just say yes or no. It's just like asking... Do you think that the country as a whole has 
I don't want to say erased, but at least moved entirely from Rhodesian kind of tendencies. I feel there's you. certain things. I mean, yeah, so it's 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 a great area. Yes, there's some aspects that would have changed, and others that we just hear like. Okay. But is, is it right though? Because I, I will cite things like you'll find like in private schools, you'll see kids who are Shona or Ndebele, especially Shona. I usually see it in Shona kids, like private school kids who are Shona, they don't know how to speak it. They drop the languages. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I, yeah. and I don't know how, like, how that speaks into these schools encouraging children from Zimbabwe. Random as this is, here's another voice clip from a person who didn't totally enjoy this experience of learning at a private school, I think he was in primary school. The voice might be familiar to you and it might be a welcome sort of voice because, you know, if you know, you know. Uh, thank you so much for this one. Um, in private school, the racism that I faced was, um, there was a racism from the teachers. I remember, okay, there's one teacher I remember in particular, my grade five teacher. Um, I kissed this girl once, this white girl on the hand, and she went and told the teacher, and the teacher's reaction, you know, it only clicked like years after I left high school, but maybe this was not normal. Like, she told the teacher, Brian kissed my hand, and the teacher was like, go and wash your hands! (laughs) Ah, man. And I remember, like, back then, I always used to, like, try and, like, um get on her good side i remember there was the end of term party and i tried to and she was doing some work while people were like you know dancing to music right and i asked her ma'am why 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 are you so why are you doing work don't you want to have some fun and then she's like i've got work to do please go away you know and i mean maybe she was busy for real but this other uh, white girl went to her and was like, ma'am, don't you want something to eat? And, you know, she responded to her in a very different way. Like, you know, uh, give me some popcorn or something. She, she asked for some food and then the chick brought her the food. She was like, thank you, darling, you know, and stuff like that. Then we had the racism from the white kids. And they had this thing whereby they just... You know, they just look at you like, I don't know, like you just, I don't know, like it only makes sense after you've left. Because when you're a kid, you really won't see it. But after you've left or, you know, because I was like, that was in primary school. The kids would look at you in this funny way whereby, you know, they just see you like, I don't know, like you're just, eh. Like you're less of a human. You know, you try borrow their crayons or their pens and stuff like that. And they're just like, nah. And if you have crayons or pens of your own, they they like have this thing whereby they feel like maybe you're not alone. You, you shouldn't use them by yourself because, you know, for some reason they have uh, uh, a right to your stuff, you know, but you don't have a right to their stuff. Then you have the black kids. Now the black kids were the ones that hurt me the most because the black kids always try to like... Uh, click with the white kids you know so to an extent they'll treat the other black kids uh like shit just to impress the white kids it was just it was just terrible my guy like 
private school is fucked up. I mean, I know it, it opens a lot of doors for kids in their future and stuff like that, but uh, the experience can be very traumatic if you're if if if, if you're um, a minority in that um, in the year or one. Because I remember, like, when I was in primary school, they were like only like what in a class of like twenty. It was something like four or five black kids. Yeah, something like that. I'll look. I'll. I'll look for my class photo. It was something like four or five kids. But yeah, that shit was fucked up. Like that. No, so so I was saying, well, because missing cattle. But I'm just saying, I I want to look at the responsibility that the schools have had in dismantling these colonial systems, right? Because I feel like there's certainly something to be said about the the, the certain like private schools and them seeming to say whatever, if it's white, it's right. If it's black, it's eh. And standards falling. When people say, ah, standards are falling, it's usually because the standards are no longer Eurocentric. Now, here's the question I have to you guys. Why is it we, I don't know of any successful black-founded private schools? Like by successful, and I don't even know if it's right, am I using the white standards? The, the standards of this school takes its kids to rugby practice outside and then they play in all these other international tournaments. And I've never really seen black-founded private schools, which white people go to. Now, does this say something about how the, our black Zimbabwean approach is to schools? I also don't see government schools being supported by parents as much as private schools support their private schools, like both black and white. What makes a private school a successful private school, in your opinion? And is this linked to the focus on Eurocentricism or whiteness? Okay, sorry. And I, I had wanted to tackle, I think, before the, the meeting cut off, where you're mm. saying that uh, are private schools letting down, um, like, are they, are they so Eurocentric to the extent where we sort of forget who we are as a people, like, especially with Shona people and whatnot, right? Mm. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to tackle that. So what I was going to say is that, um, yes, because, um, a lot of times in pools, you do things like Shona up to a certain level. Um, uh, for us, it was up to form two. And I remember when in form two, they're like, you don't have to do Shona for form three and form four. Like, yes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you could then continue with like French or Portuguese until, you know, until upper six and whatnot. And I feel like maybe they could have been that option to proceed with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, but it wasn't there. Um, things like, for example, was there Shona club? No, there wasn't Shona club, but I think, I think I read one of those letters from like Peter House. I think they had a Shona club. And one, one of the parents, when they wrote that open letter was that um, they were saying, Kuti, you know, there isn't a lot of support or, or funding or backing into the Shona club, mm. um, as opposed to like French club where there's, you know, uh, sponsorship opportunities like trips and whatnot. Mm. So um, to a certain extent, yes, um, the systems and the private schools tend to support that Eurocentricity. Even speaking in Shwana um, at school was sort of frowned upon, you know. At break time, you know, you hang out with your friends and you're talking, yeah, yeah, and then Dakasodi, Dakasodi. And then like prefix like, ah, uh, you know, you guys aren't supposed to be talking in Shwana, you're supposed to be mm-hmm. speaking in English type of thing. It's, it's things like that, that then sort of um, 
make uh, black people or, or local people then sort of shun their own culture and be like, ah, we can't speak in Shana, break time. Uh, our, our language and our culture isn't really given a chance to shine in the curriculum. Um, it's, it's, it's things where as, as a black person in Zim, you're also like, ah, you know what, maybe, maybe if I, if I do French, I'm more, you know, I'm, I'm more private school educated, Mm. you know, I'm more, I'm of a certain stature as opposed to someone who's done the other thing. So yes, I, I feel like in that regards, uh, private schools have sort of let us down. Um, and I feel there needs to be some sort of reform. I'm not saying obviously, um, with private schools, there's certain things that they want to, they want to build a wholesome student, right? Mm. Um, a student who is um, well-grounded, who well-rounded in terms of sports, in terms of culture, in terms of everything. But um, we also have that responsibility of not forgetting who we are in that becoming well-rounded and well-exposed person. I see you. Um, Mark, yeah. you've been very quiet. Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to, to, to just come in from a different angle altogether and say... I think, first of all, let's acknowledge that we were colonized. All of these are effects, all of the, these are effects of colonization, mm. first and foremost. And secondly, with regard to, to the languages, uh, again, if you look at it, which are the most prominent languages in the world all over? French, English, Portuguese, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, so I guess then private schools are approaching the situation from that standpoint to say, hey, if you go out in the world, you will need these languages as compared to Shona on the way. Not saying they are not important. They are very important, but somehow their importance only is limited into the local sphere. You won't go to China and, and find someone speaking in the way or Shona. But why stop kids from speaking Isindebele in Abefuna? You know, why, why, why stop speaking kids from speaking in Shona when they want to? You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I'm looking at it and thinking that's a little yeah. weird for you, yes. for the school to impose. I, I get one thing to say, you're going to teach it and it's going to be important in your life and whatnot. But for you to stop them communicating, I feel like is a little too much. Yes, it is. I don't, I don't. That's the problem of a part, I feel. You know, say colonialism, it might have ended, but now it's, it's continuing in private schools in a certain, in a different manner. Just like how racism and uh, slavery ended from it being so overt and out there to it being institutional racism and institutional slavery, where like we're saying, maybe in the United States or locally, a black person can, can only go to a certain level, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's now the same to say colonialism ended, but there are remnants of it, and this is now the hangover part which we're now going through, whereby it won't go completely, but it will perpetuate itself in a different form altogether, of which now it's perpetuating itself in private schools. You, you know what? It's funny because it's like, you know how bad colonialism uh, got us? Uh, we, we can't even pronounce our names properly. I was talking to a friend. I was like, exactly. the pronunciation of my name is not Onai. 
it's onai like it's an onai like the pronunciation of nyasha it's not it's not nyasha it's nyasha you know what i mean we we can't even pronounce our names like we can't even say the shona names properly and it's because we no no no, no. I think now that's an accent thing. No, but but where's the accent coming from? Because I feel like we pronounce our names in an English accent. Hello. Okay. Wait. So. Hello. Okay. So you know what? I want to like. There's so many aspects, uh, Miriam. In your opinion, let's. I want to talk about hair for a second, right? And one of some of these posts talked a lot about how uh, black hair standards are not something that is being reflective enough in these white schools. So you lots of people complaining about hair. Now, I had a conversation with someone who was very close to the situation in terms of like they've got a parent uh, who 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 is a parent in these private schools and what the parents felt. Like, how do the parents feel about it? And, and one of the things that I realized is that when I had this really kind of conversation with this person is that, um, in fact, first of all, do you feel like hair sometimes is not a thing about race or it's a thing about the intergenerational gap between the older generation and how they see what's neat and looking hair looks Sorry, like? if I can just, like, come... Right? Or, or, or because sometimes you will find that, like, even our parents, when they look at our crazy hair, they'll say, this is trash. This, this is not looking great, right? It's mm-hmm. Sometimes they don't feel like it's about whiteness. How much of it do you think is racism? And how much of it is it like, we just need to change the standards of what our hair looks like? Because a lot of teachers are getting that flack of black teachers would not be helpful when it comes to a black girl's hair. So therefore, they're coons, they're uncle ruckuses, they're like siding with the whites, but they won't criticize white people a lot. And there's, there's lots more to it. Like th- that happens in the background. But do you think it's really about a race issue? Because if I go to work with my crazy hair, I'll be like, oh no, it's the white system that told you that my hair is bad. But my black boss will tell you, oh no, that hair is trash, is uncombed. And <laughs> it's not good. So do you think it's, it's sometimes some of these things, like it's not every time where it's about race. Sometimes... Don't paint everything to be about race, but really target what's really going on. What do you, because you've, you've, you're a black girl, you've learned at a private school, you've got black girl here. What do you think about that? I think it's a very gray area, to be honest. Um, I remember in primary school, yes, in primary school, we weren't allowed, we were allowed cornrows, like cornrows, uh, hundred lines type of thing. Mm. Uh we were allowed our hair hair, which, you know, when you're young, <laughs> having relaxed hair is a mission because obviously you'd have to go swimming and you play sports and it would become unmanageable. Mm. Right. But we weren't allowed braids, which was, you know, it was, it was a bit odd for me because braids are very manageable. Like if, if you're like a grade five, if you're a grade five kid and you have like um, a one, one or cornrows and braids, it's, it's manageable. And, you know, so I remember once I actually got a pass for having the braids, but to be honest and before to be really strict with the rules that actually wasn't allowed. Um, I, I'm not sure for what reason um, that could then be the whole race thing, but eventually they, they now allowed the braids and they even allowed locks at some point they weren't allowing locks as well. Mm. Um, and, you know, obviously those discussions, like the ones we're having right now, Kuti, will it be a race thing or a neatness thing came to the fore because 
uh, some parents would have their kids with their locks and be like, look, I'm, I'm tying my kids' locks, like it says in the code, right? If they're up to, if they get to the shoulder, they touch the shoulder, they're supposed to be tied. I can tie them like normal hair. Um, I don't know. Hey, it's, I, I feel like it's, it's just a thin, it's, 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 a, it's a gray line um, between it being racist and, and mm. it being a neatness. So do, do, do you feel like it's unfair for students to be attacking the the establishment of primary schools on the basis of hair, calling it a racist thing? Or there needs to be a more nuanced conversation about how times have <laughs> look, changed I'm, and what should be accepted? Like, maybe we need to upgrade how we look at what are the standards for hair in school systems. Like, now we can allow I, locks. Now we can allow the crazy afros. Do you feel like that's a conversation that needs to be had between young girls and the system of private schools? I think, I think this now comes from context, where it's coming from, because um, looking at those uh, anonymous uh, Instagram pages from those schools, where they're having conversations about complaining about hair, it was the double standards of the school, right? Mm-hmm. Where when a white girl changed hair color one week into the next, you know, it wasn't an issue. It wasn't raised up. The kid wasn't reprimanded for it. And yet, if the black girl had, uh, you know, a little bit of hair on her collar or something like that, it became a thing. Or if the white girl had a shorter skirt, it wasn't a big deal. But if the black girl had a shorter skirt, it's a big thing. I think it's the thing where now... Um, they are set standards which are agreed upon and then some people get leniency over the other person. Mm. So I feel like conversations have to be had to say, you know what, these this is this is what we deem as needs, right? Over here, whether it's locks, whether it's braids, whether it's Caucasian hair, whether it's colored hair or black hair should be tied, right? If it's short hair, let's have meat short hair, right? Let's comb my hair. Right. Um, if we're going to use scrunchies, let's all use white scrunchies or navy scrunchies or whatever the school color scrunchies are. There shouldn't be this double standard where someone, a Caucasian girl, has curly short hair that touches her collar that she can visibly tie. Um, you know, isn't told to tie her hair, and then the black girl who's got probably the same or even cornrows that touch her collar you know, being, being, being punished for that. It's, it's a matter of double standards uh, when it comes to the hair thing. And there has to be an agreed set of rules that apply to both. So basically you're saying that uh, black teachers, some black teachers are complicit in creating a very racially biased way of uh, pre-policing or prefecting children uh, and black teachers need to, do you feel like these black teachers feel racist? Do you feel like these black teachers know what they're doing is quote unquote racist? I think it comes, sorry. Mm. No, you can go on. I think it comes from a space where, because you think you're in a private school, therefore everything should be white Mm. and be more accepting of the white folks so that more white people can come into your space. So their rules aren't as strong and they get away with a lot of trash. Okay. To, to, to be honest, when this first, when the first when these conversations first came up, I was like, this is not my problem. You know what? These private school kids used to treat us like trash as kids from government schools or from mission schools. So, And they used to brag about them being from private schools. They used to call everyone else brush. So they used to call everyone else 
not not better than them. Now all of a sudden they're finding their inner Africanness and want to tap into their roots. Now there's this whole Black Lives Matter thing. And I was like, listen, I do you know what? An all of a sudden thing online. No, I'm Sometimes... saying wait, wait, before, 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 let me finish. When I first initially saw it, that is how I felt. Because I feel like much as some of these systems allowed racism to take place, there was a certain sense of the hate that we got from kids from private schools, black kids from private schools for that. Like you would literally feel weird around those kids. They would, they would make you feel weird for learning. And we were called farm boys because my school was like, in a, you know, you, you could see that they, they, they could, they were treating you different. And there was a bit of me that did not have any sympathy for them. Because I'm like, you black kids are also complicit in creating like weird environments based on your desire to fit into these private schools. But at the same time, I feel bad because I'm like, maybe they didn't have much of a choice and they were kind of grandfathers in, grandfathered into those things. These kids can't even hardly speak in our languages properly. These kids don't see anything great about something. Like when they see, now they've got, they've got a black headmaster. All of a sudden, like Marcus, the standards have fallen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know what Marcus mm-hmm. said. And, and to me, I was like, you know what? Not my problem. Like we survived with black headmasters deal with it like that that's how i kind of felt in the inside like nah nah and and it's there today now it's we see it in the whole race thing it's not like poor versus rich and anything is that is leaned towards high end of society more white is better than the poor folks who learn at this government school so i really had this feeling where i was like first of all even even the students now need to start rethinking this. And maybe it's better this way that we you know are having these conversations, right? Like now they can start thinking, how are they perpetuating very polarized environments? You know what I mean? Within schools, how do they interact with, with schools that don't have as much as they do, right? Because some of these kids are the ones that made us feel like crap. I know one person, uh, uh, Brian, he sent a voice note and we talked about this and he said, white schools made him feel like crap. Black kids made him feel like crap. White teachers made him feel like crap. And you see, there's a, and he used to get the, he used to feel the most pain from black students, like who made him feel like crap because he was blackery black. So it's like, I don't know. I, I mean, like, because I was never at a private school, it's like, you know what? Not my problem. But at the same time, I'll always go back to the question but do we really black, do, do black, parents support black schools. But I mean black schools, I mean like government schools. Do they really support them in the same way that private school parents support private schools? Is it a money thing? Is it because my question is why don't I know any private school that was created that is a safe space for these black children that's created by black people? Why is it not there? It goes back to me supporting Yasha's idea that sometimes, sometimes you black people, hey, some of you guys, your standards are whack. It's, it's kind of the same as the conversation I saw on Twitter today where people were like, you know, sometimes you want to support black businesses, but some of your service is terrible. Mm. Um, but also remember, there's a broad definition when it comes to private schools as well. And I, because mm. the original mm. private schools that we know are the AT, ATS schools, right? Association of Trust Schools. This is like, a, I'm not sure how to describe it. I, I actually should have done research into this, but it's like an association. That's where you get like Wana Chizi, Wana Convent, Wana Gateway, and all those. It's like a trust, it's an association of trust schools. Then there are private schools that are now coming up where you've got um, people who come up with their own sort of, um, it's, a, it's, it's not a government school, but it's like an individual. Like your Rivertons and... Um, I can't think of anyone else. Like, I think there's one called, is it Oxford? 
uh, or even her rentals. I think her rentals is also like a, it's a private school, you know. Your, so what you call these? Anna, Anna, I don't think Hellenics is an AT. Hellenics Heritage. No, Hellenics is an ATS. Hellenic, Hellenic Heritage, um, those are all ATS schools. Okay. Um, it's your 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 Riverton. Your uh, there's a one there's one called Harvard, but it's like a private uh, um, black owned school. We can't there's... even be original with the names. <laughs> like <laughs> for me, that's that's like that's even worse. We, we uh, yeah. So with that, with the names, is it not just about maybe? A, a so name association kind of like when a brand does an off brand kind of thing and then they use the same colors and almost similar packaging so that you think you're getting one thing but you're actually getting something else no mm-hmm. but, but like what i'm saying is like if you're going to a point where you're going to call your school harvard like we all know what harvard is but like you can't even come up with something else like oh gosh like anything because you have international appeal you want to, to appeal to the to the broader world and not just Zimbabwe. So that's why you come up with this name and, you know, data. Look at it. If you then give the Shona name, then the village people will come and say, why did you give it a Shona, a Shona name? Yes. Come mm-hmm. at him, Mark. No, I, I, I don't have a problem. You see, that's a false equivalency because I don't have a problem with you. I'm saying, so. be, I'm saying be original. That's what no, I'm saying. Be original. But at the same time, I'm saying let's not acknowledge the the tribalistic uh, nature of our country as well. In as much as we don't talk, because that's another issue which which I feel needs to be addressed. Kuti Zimbabwe is highly polarized on those two fronts, Lebele and Shona, and we are always attacking each other for one thing or another. The Shonas did this, and Lebele did that. So at the end of the day, you find that your middle ground is being English. No, but, and I, mean, I, to... I just don't see how this goes into the conversation of, okay, so you start a school, you can call it uh, Learner's Academy, but you, you ain't got to call it Oxford or Harvard. Like, what's up with that? You know what I mean? Like, hey, maybe maybe, maybe they, they want to aspire to those standards and having the same name is what it is. Why I mean, not just create your own name and create standards that are just as good without having to... You don't see myself because, calling... It's, it's, like, say, I'll, I'll, it's like saying, I'm going to call myself... So wait, it's like, I'm going to call myself Drake just because I want to aspire to his standards. It doesn't make no sense. You know what? Onai, it takes so much time to build a brand, especially if it's going to be education-based. Which so is rather you, you come off you come off using someone else's name and in order I mean it could work for and it could work against which is the problem now in Zimbabwe let's learn which is the problem you see like when they say saying black people want to shortcut shortcut if listen success is not a is not a uh, Miriam imagine someone studying someone something called uh Cup Town Kicks. After, now with the success, and then they they have a name that's kind of similar to it, like Cup Town Takes, and they also do baking stuff. And like, mm-hmm. no, I, I just want to aspire to Miriam's level. You've worked hard for that product to get to where it is. Why don't we want to build our own standards? Like, why don't we want to take in the time to do it? And we just want to take that young shortcut. Maybe that's but you reason, know, you know what? Why... I, this isn't this isn't a uniquely Zimbabwean thing. Mm-hmm. People have been doing copyright. Uh, 
yeah, you know, lawsuits thing. for the longest. And even if you've watched uh, Tiger King, there was a copyright lawsuit where he wanted to take that other Carol Baskin's name and why. Anyway, for those who've watched um, Tiger King, the thing is, like, it's not. I, I feel like it's it's in this discussion, it's it's majoring on the minor and yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of moving yeah. from moving. from what I we're mean, discussing. If, but uh, yeah, it's it's a thing that happens worldwide where they, they copyright infringements and people get sued for it and whatnot. It's it's not unusual for people to to pick this or for people to to copy names. That's okay. what I'm saying. Fair. Mm. That's fair. But but like I want to get to the end of this thing. So after everything is said and done, I think we can all agree that private schools sometimes, I don't know, Nyasha almost had a response. I think private schools have got a very, Euro, have got a, bit, a bit of a Eurocentric and a whitewashed way of looking at standards. And I think that has to be addressed. Um, mm. But I feel like there has to be a very big conversation about what happens between black students and black teachers. And because and, I, don't, I don't think the black teachers know that what they're doing is racist, or at least that they're being perceived as being racist. And I think this, it's, it's a generational thing because sometimes the parents that our standards want us to follow are the standards that they were told were great and they liked them. But then it just doesn't translate to this day and age. And I just feel like we need to be a little more, uh, we need to kind of be a little more gentle on the black teachers. Yes, they've been mean, but I feel like they, if they are also victims of a system that they probably don't even understand as much. Do you, do you know what my issue with saying that we must our standards yes they might seem very eurocentric right Mm. but it's that way for a reason the world functions that way so in order to to compete at an international level we have to give in to the whiteness ish way of thinking without losing ourselves but, but what do you, you say what, about, you know what, what I mean like I, wait, wait wait but what do you say about Miriam who says uh you've got white kids who can wear their shorts and then black kids who can't because the teachers are saying your your big your bums are too big and it looks mm-hmm. very weird when you wear shorts that hypocrisy because as when when I'm thinking white said I'm not thinking like the the dopeness in sport and that's fair in fact we, let's lean into the white now I don't think do. for me that's not that's that shouldn't be a color thing that's just a body thing it shouldn't have to do with white versus black and it just it's it's very unfortunate that uh physiologically Africans are just more exactly oh. Africans got back. Africans got back, and so we just can't dress the same way as white people. It's very sad, but it's a fact of life and one that we must just accept. So 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 I think you're going to adjust this to work for the white people, but you're not gonna adjust it to work for the black people. Was the black no, kids no, no, want to no, wear no. shorts? That's, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying. I'm saying that there should be a level, a level playing field, so that both um, black and white people can wear the same thing. So now it's going to be about the shape of the short, the kind of cut that you're going to give these shorts. Um, it's just like how with the uniform skirt lengths. I mean, your heritages and the such have short, short skirts. Bigger girls can't wear that, black or white. It's just, it doesn't look right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That has, again, when it comes to clothes, I don't think it should be, again, a color thing. Adjust so that everyone of different sizes can wear the same thing. So what was about speaking in your local language, being called thugs, the N-word and all that? Because those are quote-unquote... No, that is unacceptable. You can't you can't 
call people names based on it's just like if we then walked around calling them pigs and you know all sorts of derogatory terms that's bullying bullying across the board is shouldn't be acceptable and then i also then come to you so black people calling black people the n-word is g but now if it's done by the white folk it's not Yes, black called black black privilege. It's like how you can call another girl, yo, you might be ITCH. I just can't do that. I can't. It, 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 it don't work. Listen, for me, I'm like, I'm actually cool with it. Like, we can have the privilege of calling each other what we want, but you can't do that for us. And if I decide not to, it's my choice. It's like, so, so you can, like, I can't just call you the B word, Nyasha, but I know you can refer that to some of your friends and it will be okay, but I just can't do it. It's just the female privilege you have. And I feel like, yo, it is yeah. what it is. Deal with it. Deal with it. Yeah, but do, do, do you get what I'm saying? That if in your subconscious, like, okay, I know it sounds like I'm, I'm supporting these people. Shame. Like, <laughs> I'm not trying to support, but I want you to also look at it from the other side where subconsciously, if you're constantly hearing something, sometimes it might slip out or it's normalized to such an extent that you then start doing it as well. Have they, if it's coming from being raised with, with racist tendencies, it's different as opposed to if they played around with, with, with black kids ex- excessively such that it becomes normal for them to just hear it and say it. I, I don't think that's a good enough excuse, unfortunately, because I feel like, the some of the racism is not just the words that I said, but it's in the behavior, in the way you treat people. So you look yeah. at how yeah, some, you, no, no, no. You just asked me about words, which is what I'm responding to. Okay, no, actions so, are completely different. Okay, when it comes to words, no matter what, Nyasha, I listen to hip hop day and night. Like I listen to it a lot. I will never call you the b word. Mm-hmm. Like, I, 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 like I will always be able to censor myself I listen to hip hop I've listened to it ever since I was in grade one The F word I've never used it on my mom No matter how pissed I was You know what I mean Like I, so I, I don't feel like it excuses you I feel like we can control the, the, the things that we say So for me it, it, it doesn't excuse you I feel like we can control it Like I, I really want to wrap up this issue I want to get to the second issue that we want to talk about But what would be your final like thing to say about this Mark, Miriam, and Yasha before we move on to the next thing? Um, like I said earlier, I think it's it's a matter of let's have the same rules that apply to everyone, mm-hmm. right? Let's make a consensus and say, you know what? Um, this is what's going on in the world. These issues have to be addressed. These are our concerns when it comes to A, B, and C. And the other side can say these are our concerns when it comes to A, B, and C. So based on the concerns and based on what we've seen in the world and what's going on, these are the rules that we should have that apply to everybody. <laughs> this is how they should be treated. And yeah. And and also people should have an outlet where they can they can talk about these things freely and discuss them instead of sort of shying away from them as well. So yeah, that's what I think. Uh, I'm gonna go to Nyasha and then Mark. Nyasha, I feel like you feel like I've been blocking everything you've been saying. I feel like Nyasha's gonna kill me after the show. Nyasha, what? <laughs> get, get... I'm going to kill you and I. I actually, you know what? The reason why I've been, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to say my points as, as, as I have been doing is that my opinions are towards racism because I think I haven't properly been exposed to it, mm. so I haven't been able to say. 
it hurts, it sucks because of this. When when I'm hearing it from other people, yes, it does. It really does. And there's outright things that I will not support under any circumstances, whether it's a white person, whether it's a black person, unblack person. Mm. I'm just saying, let's also be cognizant that black people mm. can also be racist. It's not just black or white, private versus pl- public school. Mm. We can all be against each other, even though we are of the same party. You went to a predominantly white university in South Africa. Yes, I did. And did you feel any profound sense of racism there? It it comes from, yes, but then also I kind of numb myself to it. So um, you actually the, the, had to create a coping mechanism for it? Yes. But then what I was fortunate is that how, I, I was fortunate in that, um, the okay, so this is what happened. Let me explain. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, the way you're like, right? Okay. <laughs> go quickly. We're running out of time for this segment. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay, okay. You know how when you go into a school and then they just have beef that exists, mm. and you don't know why it exists, and you're no longer guy, you just enter into that, and you just automatically just hate the next school. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, if you've just that's just how the school is programmed. Mm-hmm. That's that's sort of the, the 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 space that I entered. So the blacks and the Afrikaners and the 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 more ethnic groups, they 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 are bumpers. But me here, Zimbabwean, happy go lucky, white people, black people, I don't care. We're here to have fun. We're here to learn. So I didn't I didn't really put myself in a position whereby I. F- well, I would, I would, I would expose myself to racism. Like I was friends with with every. I'm a friendly person, you know me or not. We out in the street trying to be friends with everybody. Yes. But you can tell sometimes their looks and little like nuances that you can tell. Kutipanapa, there's something. There's a, like an underlying current of racism. They feel like they're better than us mm. because I'm black. But again, like I said, some of these things, and I think I've said this before in the in the previous podcast where we discussed discussed um Black Lives Matter. Mm. Just like shake it off, bruh. <laughs> 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 <Like I said, laughs> hey, yeah, 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 yeah. today you're shaking tables, eh? I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wow. Like, just walk it off. <laughs> you know, guys. I'm, I'm not even gonna off. judge you. This is a free free to say free to do it. I'll defend your right I'm to say really that. Sorry. I don't I don't mean to be so cavalier. Like I mm. know it sucks. It really does. But at the same time, we can't constantly be fighting the system. Sometimes you need to make the system work for you. You know what I mean? You I, need to I, find a way to work around it. I get where you're coming from. Sometimes you just need to rise above it because if we then become stuck in this uh, victim mentality as well, we won't move forward. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, we do need to actually step up and, you know, be like, you know what? Screw the systematic racism. Screw whatever's going on. Screw the classism and everything else. I'll rise because above this and keep it happening. The, yeah, I keep top on moving, you know? The next thing that's going to happen is you yourself, you have not been working in your life, not one day. But now, because racism is a, is a, is a hot topic, you're going to be like, yeah, no, my things haven't been moving because racism. That's not it's true. Ex- it's exactly, that's how, that's how the xenophobia thing starts in South Africa. Zimbabweans are taking our jobs and whatever, but you, you, you're not, you know, going, you're not, to, you're not working hard enough. 
and then you you blame it on here the foreigners are taking which, which is why I, 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 sorry, sorry. but I, I can agree with yeah. with with Nyash and Miriam that not everything not every argument that is between uh, a black system and a white system is actually about race uh which is why I, like the hair thing i was like the hair thing is might not necessarily about white stands it's just like we just haven't come to a point where we can just update you know the hairstyles uh, like what's current and what's not um and and i could also say even about misogynistic sex like intersex relations sometimes not everything is about i'm a misogynist sometimes you just did something wrong and I'm pointed it to you out. And now you're saying I'm misogynist because I pointed it out to you. I'm saying, like, you know, but anyway, Mark, what's your capstone to this, this thing? I'll let you cap it up. This, this is a system. And for us to blame individuals, I don't think it's fair on them. They are also victims, you know, because they were complicit to something maybe they were not aware of. We have to call out the system. Uh, as a whole, and that's the first step to to trying to change things. It's about changing the system and not changing individuals. Okay, that's fair. Um, that's fair. Well, that's it. I know we didn't answer all the questions about this race thing, and I'm like, guys, I will just say, if you want to create a school that works for you, black people, create it for yourself. Don't if you don't like private schools, get your kids out and then start supporting these predominantly black institutions that are not founded by historically white items if you've got a problem with it. But let's see you. I, I need to start seeing more black people maintaining the, the good standards, whatever, whether they are white or not, mm-hmm. maintain them. Because I feel like people like Miriam who went to schools which are white standards, look at them. They're, 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 I'm different from Miriam. Miriam has got a, you know, an upper hand in life in certain things because he was able to be empowered in certain ways from these schools which gave more to their students regardless of the fact that they were white or not. You know what I mean? So I feel like sometimes we complain as black people and we start hating on ourselves, but we really need to get to that point where we, we call a spade a spade for some of the bad things that we do and not everything is about this. Um, I want to cut this off. I want to get to the next um, conversation. Um, topic... I miss Nyasha talking about uh, the feeling station. I can't wait till we get back to studio and we can get to the feeling yeah. station. Um, but the question I have... Oh, wow, this podcast is going to be really long, huh? Not really. <laughs> no, it's, it's not going to... No, no, but the next segment is going to be a quick one. Um, it's going to be a quick okay. one. Okay. Un- unless you want us to end here for today. Uh, no, no, you know, I like talking. Let's, okay. let's keep going. Hello. I'm just saying we're now like getting into the second end of the second 40 minutes. Well, we, do, we didn't release. Okay, we'll keep. We'll, we'll we'll do it quick. We'll keep it quick. We'll keep it quick. Is that okay? Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> okay. Right. So the question I have is this: uh, so many times you have situations where <laughs> girls, girls especially, girls especially complain like you guys, like maybe the guy is cheating or he's got a, some bad behavior. The girls complain and say, you know, you're. You'll be talking to us, the friends, right? Let's say Mark is my friend and Mark is cheating on his girlfriend. The girlfriend comes up to me, Mark's friend, and says, why do you guys never tell Mark to stop cheating? You guys are complicit in, in Mark's behavior. Like, this trash. You guys never tell each other all these, like, the bad things that we do. Because you know your friend Mark and this is what Mark is doing, right? And then I, it, it got me kind of thinking, like, first of all, like, when 
do you girls expect a lot from us, your boyfriend's friend, in terms of telling him how he should behave? Like we've seen him cheating. Do you expect us to tell him, yo, dog, don't cheat on your girl, dog. Don't do that. That's actually wrong, dog. Do you expect us to do that? And you girls... Well, do now you- that... Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> that tone, though. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, wow. That's exactly what I was about to say. That's what you said in that voice. In, in my head, that's how girls think we... We talk to our boys, <laughs> like, oh, and then I don't think we talk like that. I think you just out here and think, "Oh, it's my mom said and then leave it like that. More and you drink, and then forget you had the conversation, which wasn't really a conversation. Like, and then, mm. and then, Miriam, do you girls tell your chick friends that you know, like, stop cheating, stop having this side guy, and then I'll I'll, I'll push it up a notch. Let's just say your friend doesn't want to listen to you, and then she has a side guy. How do you guys behave around your girlfriend's side guy? And the, the second question is, how do you want us, Mark's friends, to behave around Mark's side chick? Okay, okay. You can, you can take this whole I've thing from a... whichever angle, Miriam, you can go on Yes, right. The yes. angle that I'm taking it from is, Ukawona, your friend, right, being comfortable exposing their side piece to you as their friend, mm. you might yes. have a problem because clearly yes. they know quit you or you don't have an issue, not seeing an issue with them having a side piece. You are complicit to this bad behavior, you know? So already if, if they're exposing that side to you, if your friend's like, when I shot, I've got the side piece, already you as Onai should be like, why is he telling me that? So I should feel I'm comfortable with the status quo. So I should feel weird when my friend is comfortable enough to, to be his real him, even if it's a trash him. So I should abandon my friend just because he is making certain bad decisions no, 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 in his no, no, life? No, 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 I'm not saying you should abandon him, right? Mm. But how, how your friend approaches you to say, I've got a side piece, chi, 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 chi. What you if you, if you, no, listen, okay, fine, he trusts you, but what are you saying to him? Are you encouraging that behavior? If you then, like, Tish him out <laughs> and be like, you know what, what you're doing is wrong. Best believe he won't be giving you updates about that chick. But if it's like a continuous process where he's like, remember that chick, he already knows that you're okay with what's going on. You're cheating on your person. You're okay. You're okay with that. And it shouldn't be the case, I think. Yeah. But to be honest, we, we tell our friends to stop cheating, though. Like, on a, on a, on a <laughs> do, do we really do that? Like, Miriam, no, I, you, Miriam, have have you ever have you ever not had a friend who was cheating on a boyfriend? To be Miss- honest, I haven't had. Maybe I didn't know. Maybe I wasn't aware. But I haven't come across a situation where my friends like I'm cheating on my boyfriend. See, this guy's better or something. Like that. Maybe a friend was flirting with another guy, or just talking in a way that you know that her boyfriend would not be happy. Come on now. Yes. I'm really thinking, but uh, they no, don't to be they don't trust. I'm not, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe they don't trust me. Maybe it's because yeah. they knew, they know which I'll be like, shash or which I shit. I guess yeah. either that or or really, none of my friends have really done that. So. Yeah, have you never had cheating friends? I have had cheating friends, and. <laughs> And I, 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 I make my feelings clear and I try not to be in a space where I am forced to 
to pretend that there isn't someone else. And it's, it's heavy. Oh, so sometimes you feel like you feel the slight urge to snitch on your friend to the side piece. What if the side piece knows there's a main? It's still, I don't want to feel uncomfortable. Like now, I don't know. I just feel like your significant other needs to be treated a certain kind of way. Now, if you're a side piece, I don't know how to treat her. I don't know how to treat her or him. To, to what kind of conversations are we having? Like, hi, I feel, like, I feel like I feel like as friends also, you know, you have to have that responsibility. Like Nyasha says, she'll feel heavy. Imagine like one weekend you're hanging out with like the main and then the following weekend you're hanging out with the side piece. Like as the friend who is a constant, a common denominator within those two interactions. Like, bruh, that is just a lot to deal with. The next thing, I'm going to use the wrong name to call the person. Nine, you know, Mark, it just becomes it just becomes so awkward. Mark, should should we tell these women what really happens in guy friendships? Yes, it should. Please it's go, it's go ahead. We do tell our do we though? Do we though? I think we do. But to be honest, okay, okay. In my case, mm. uh, most people didn't come in. Okay, I, I don't know why people trust me with their stories, but mm. that's just how it is. Because you never check them. I've had countless of my friends come to me and just say, yo, my guy, hey, I'm feeling this cheap. You know, what should I do? And obviously, you just say, nah, fam, if you have a girlfriend, just stick to a girlfriend. But one thing that I will admit to is we always laugh about it. It's never a very serious conversation. You know, it's a conversation full of laughs. There's, there's drinking there. And it's a, it's a type of, oh, by the way, conversation. You know, we just mm. get the conversation and we never really talk about it and give it the full attention it deserves. So he just comes to me, hey, my guy, hey, I made this chick at the office, but yo, that chick is fire. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, ah, uh, nigga. Ah, uh, is she dope? Yeah, she's nice. But hey, it's my guy. Oh, nah, no, you're ready with chick. Shut up. Leave this chick alone and just focus on your girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. True, 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 true. And the other thing is, again, very few of your friends will take your advice. Very few. 90% of our friends don't take our advice. That's true. No matter how much you try to drive the point across, they don't take that advice. They only wait until stuff hits the fan. And then they'll be like, oh, snap. And then you come in and say, but we told you. Yeah, but when stuff hits the fan, as the support system for the guy, when stuff hits the fan, you will now be involved in people's messes. Because next thing you know, the chick will come to you and be like, but Mark, did you know about this? I'll say no. And I'm sure it won't be. It won't be your place to say, right? Obviously, it won't <laughs> be your place to say as well. But there's also like a person-to-person thing though. Like, okay, you saw me go down this road and you just stood by and watched. You didn't try to tell your friend. Like, it, it becomes a whole thing. And I feel like people just put it, they shouldn't put their friends in these situations. Yeah. You, you yeah, know what? It's a great area, I feel. I feel it's like... Because what? now the question is, who, who, do, who am I loyal to? My friend or my friend's girlfriend? Who should I be loyal to, mm-hmm. right? I want to be loyal to everyone. So in most cases, I'll just be like, guy, you know what? If you're going to do anything, I don't want to know. And you wash your hand off the, 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 the issue. Because what Nyasha was saying, you don't want to be put in that awkward position where you have to pretend that you don't know someone, you know? 
the, the, the sucky part about it is that I think I've once been in a situation where I felt like my friends were not telling me about their lives anymore because uh, like there might have been things that I would not agree to. And it mm-hmm. sucked. I'm not going to lie. It actually sucked to feel like, oh, so my friends are actually destroying me away just because I've got a different lifestyle or they lead a lifestyle which I am very critical of. And it made me, it, 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 it made me question myself. Like, am I, am I being a harsh critic of their lifestyle? Or am I being like the judgy type? You know what I mean? And I think it's, it's, a, very, it's a very difficult thing to, to actually go through in friendships. And I don't know sometimes what's worth it. For me to be quiet about it and still keep the friendship, like I just watch them do the things that I feel like I'm critical of or be critical and then lose the friendship. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a very scary, scary place to be. Miriam, do you feel like us guys should be taking more of a bigger responsibility in directing our friends towards being good things or as like, yo, people really have individual choices? I think as, as friends, you have a sort of responsibility to, to tell your friends the truth about certain things, but obviously not in a vindictive or a, you know, in a bad way, obviously in a loving way to say, you know, you shouldn't do that or it's not a good thing and whatnot. And you offer the, like a well-rounded, you know, you give them a case by case scenario, this could happen. I don't think you should do that because so and so and so. They might understand the how big the situation is or how small it is, um, but at the end of the day, they have a choice to make because everyone is entitled to what they 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 want to do, right? What, 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 but what? as a friend, you would have you would have then done your responsibility. You would have done your friendly responsibility to say to say your reservations about the situation. Now, sometimes girls have got very toxic behaviors that if when us men try to call them out, they say you're gaslighting and whatnot, whatnot. They, they brand us all types of things. You girls know your friends and some of their, and you know some of your friends are crazy. Do you girls ever really tell your friends that you're acting crazy though? Do you, do you, do you yes. ever, like, do you, like, do you ever tell them like, like in this fight, in this fight, you are actually wrong and you need to apologize? Because I don't think so, because girls usually don't apologize. I'm just putting it out there. Oh, nice. Do you remember, I said to you, I said to you, I give as good as I get. So as a friend, me, I'll call you out on your bullshit because my friends call me out on my bullshit. Mm. And not a lot of us do that. We're very, yes, I will agree with you. Females tend to be very superficial in their friendships. And uh, it, it, it doesn't bode well for, for developing as a human. So, give if you call out your people, usually they will give back what you put out. Call your people out. Okay. On their bullshit. I hear you. No, no, I was just wondering because I just feel like, yo, some of your female, some females out there act crazy. And I'm wondering, don't they have friends? We tell them, like, what, what, what? Girls are out here cheating. Like, boys are out here cheating. Girls are out here cheating. Like, don't they have friends? And then, like, I wonder, am I supposed to be able to tell my girlfriend's friend to to, to hold her accountable for my girlfriend's behavior, especially if it's something that we both can clearly see something wrong? I just wanted to figure that out. But so basically, what's your guys' answer? Uh, If your friend does not tell you her trash, that means everything's okay. That means you're a good person, basically. Well, to some extent, yes. You should, you should to be some happy. extent, if they, if if they're not comfortable, if uh, if you've told them that what they're doing is wrong, and then it's the last that you hear of that issue, 
um, it's it could be a good or bad thing. <laughs> but mostly yeah. I think, you know, if they're hiding something from you that they know you don't condone, then, you know, uh, maybe you've done a good job. No, I, I, don't I, know. I feel like most of these girls are not telling the truth about the fact that some of their girls cheat and then they don't keep quiet about it. And I feel like some of you girls actually, especially if you're a blessy, I feel like some girls benefit of their best friend's sugar dad. But we know the girls so they're, they're, oh, yeah, they're, yeah. they're gonna they're not gonna admit to that. Like yeah. if you're benefiting they're not gonna kill the goose that lays the golden yeah. and I feel like that's trash. <laughs> I feel like that's trash. You're like you know what I mean? Especially if, if the side, especially yeah. if the especially the side piece is like better looking, more more money than the actual boyfriend. I feel like girls don't call out their chicks on that type of behavior. And I feel like they it's don't. a problem. They don't. They don't. Yeah, that is a problem. I'll admit they that do. is bad. Anyway, no, I, I think I think that is that that is all I wanted to talk about today. I, I've got nothing. I really have got nothing else to say. I, I I don't know what the point of that bit of the conversation was, but yes, I'm done. Um, well, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Okay. Any all any right. final sentiments to any people out there? I don't know, Miriam. Like. Shout outs, like shout yeah, out. yeah, like whatever it oh, is that you want to do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, great. Okay, can I like plug my Capton Cake stuff? Listen, you need to send me your rate card, by the way. Before uh, I okay, it. okay, but, I'll send you my rate card, and we'll, let's hope Capton Cupcakes will be like paying anyway, for next week. Since this is like a, a free thing, let me like make the most of it. <laughs> um, so Capton Cakes next month is turning two years old, which is yeah. <laughs> Even I can't believe it because it's been, yeah, it's, it's been, been quite two a, years already. It's been two years already. I have a toddler, <laughs> and um, we're not going to say happy Mother's Day. You're not a mom. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, okay. don't say happy Mother's Day. That's <laughs> just that. weird. Um, but yeah, so obviously I'll have a couple of promotions which I'm cooking, which I'm baking. They're in the oven and they're about to be brought out to light. And uh, yeah, so that's some pretty exciting stuff for Captain Cakes this month. And it's also birthday. Like, I like how everything is just in July. It's also my birthday. It's also yeah. Captain Cakes' birthday. It's his birthday. It's just July. It's just so, yeah, so watch out for Captain Cakes and follow us on um, Instagram at Captain Cakes and on Facebook, Captain Cakes as well. Mark, talk to me. Keep warm, guys. It's cold. Wash your hands and brush your teeth. Okay, that's that's fair. Uh, Nyasha? Yeah, man. Yes, last words. Nyasha, you're on mute. Girl, you're on mute. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. My okay. last words are, let's be careful how we start labeling people as racist. Um, yeah, and then <laughs> really, yeah, because sometimes you, I think we've become overly sensitized to some of these things without fully understanding what they are. It's just like with that whole feminism movement, a lot of people are like, oh no, I'm a feminist, I'm a feminist, but do you really know what it actually means? That kind of thing. And then the second thing, make sure you check your friends if they're doing good, if they're doing right, you must always be. You know, telling them what's up. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. A last round, Mark. Where can people find your social media and stuff? 
At times, Mark. Miriam, you guys are really dragging this process out. <laughs> sorry, sorry. At, on Twitter, I'm um, Happiness Chaser or at Miri underscore Nyakutsuka, Facebook, Miri Nyakutsuka, and Captain Cakes on Instagram. Uh, Nyasha. I am Nyasha.Tembeza on Instagram and Nyasha underscore Tembeza on Twitter, even though I'm really there. And uh, Nyasha Natasha Tembeza on Facebook. And then sometimes I am also on the spot. That's where you can find me. Yeah, you guys are going to pay for these ads. Uh, Onai, online on social okay. media. Okay. Yes, I'm trying to make that money like you guys. Um, Onai, online on all social media platforms. And I think what I just want to appreciate is, yes, like Miriam said, what did Miriam actually say? Uh, check your friend. Yeah. No. <laughs> what, what was your last words, Miriam? I totally forgot. Uh, oh, yeah. Countdown Cakes is turning two. So oh, yeah, let's, yeah. let's celebrate. Let's let's all go and uh, buy from. I let's support. No, no, go buy because the, the cakes are dope. Did I tell you that I didn't even eat any of those cakes that I ordered from you, Miriam, the last time? At all. Yo, Bruh. Listen, girls yeah. are trash. But I always, you know what? I, I have extras sometimes. So if you're able to buy and collect them, you can come and get the extras. Girls are not trash because I didn't eat cupcakes. It's fine. Uh, guys, yes, not mm-hmm. everything is racism, not everything is sexism. Uh, and read up everything before you call it out. I feel like some of these things are exciting to talk about, but I also want everyone mm. to acknowledge the the racism that they actually faced. Um, and I'm and and I and I will give a hug to anyone who's faced some sort of systemic racism in the private schools that they learned at. Some of stuff, most of it is real. So listen to understand and not to react. Listen so that you can see where they are coming from and where it's worth you clarifying that it wasn't racism. Do it, and where it's not, just listen to change. I feel like that's sorry. The most can I just thing. add something? One other thing in yes. line with that mm-hmm. is that um, let's not dwell too much on the past, but let's see how the past can help us rise up above the discrimination, above the unfair situations that we faced before. So let's just rise above and just keep moving forward. I kind of disagree sometimes with lists just rise above sometimes because I feel like if you've been hurt, you've been hurt. Sometimes you cannot just No, no I'm not saying I'm not saying ignore the hurt. I'm not mm. saying don't go through the hurt, but I'm saying I'm happy that someone else is saying what I said. Whatever, we just no, have no. to we have to just step out of that victim mentality, get like go through the emotions that come with it and then just move forward. Because if mm. we dwell too much on it. You know, it just becomes, I don't know, it just eats us alive. Let's just move above what what we faced. And this is, yeah. Fair, that's fair. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that. Guys, bye. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Yeah. That's, it's, it's, and remember, to love each other and love your friends. And I love you all. No. Stop. Stop. All right. Bye. And now. Capital 263.